Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Last year, I dropped deeper and deeper into my purpose of helping women shed unhelpful layers turn inwards and take ownership of their lives in order to access their fullest, most vibrant potential. In this time, I have been creating an immersion that offers exactly that, through a completely unique blend of tools, skills and practices, from yoga, breathwork and the body, to self-inquiry, emotional process work and intuitive and creative art-based explorations, so that understanding and spiritual growth is deeply integrated through a variety of modalities and is fully embodied. I'd love to invite you to the first ever Voyage to the Soul four-day immersion taking place in Norfolk, UK from the 24th to the 27th of April 2020. If you'd like further info on this immersion and how you can join us, please contact me, Shay, through the contact page on shaydaya.com, linked in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color. I'm Shay, and today I am flying without Anna in the co-pilot spot, but I have on the show a beautiful guest, Holly Sinclair Moore, and she is going to talk to us today all about affirmations and supercharging our affirmations, which I'm obviously a huge fan of. Holly is a mindset coach, and she's also a Reiki healer, and she trained with Colleen, who is someone we've had on the show many times, and we've talked about on the show many many times. So we're going to chat to Holly about her journey into this world of healing and coaching people with quite a spiritual lens, which I think is so powerful and so necessary in the mindset world because so much of what we do in our heads is related to how we feel in our hearts and in our souls. So welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. So Holly and I actually know each other from university days back in South Africa, but she is currently now living in London and she started her own coaching business. And Holly, would you like to just give us a little bit of a backstory about who Holly is and how she's ended up in London and how she is doing the work that she's currently doing? Yes. So I work as a mindset coach and Reiki healer, as you said, and I work one-to-one with women and I also do group sessions. And what I want to do is help women to understand who they want to be, how they want to show up in the world. And then looking at the thoughts and the wounds and the pain and the mindsets that are holding us back from, from doing that. And then once we've kind of unpicked that, looking at a new way forward and embodying that. So that's what I'm doing now. And it's been quite a journey to get here, as I'm sure you can imagine. Before I started my business, I studied psychology years ago. And that's where where you and I met at university. And I was always fascinated by humans and the human mind. And after I finished studying, I went into the corporate world because that's what you do, you know. 
and I worked in various sectors. So I did some financial services and then I worked in the charity sector and I worked in consultancy. And then most recently, I was at one of the big four accounting firms and I loved it. It was great. I was working with people, helping them to develop their skills and to be successful in the organization. And I think I always wanted to start my own business, but I always thought I wasn't experienced enough. I wasn't senior enough. I wasn't wise enough. Basically, I wasn't enough. So I thought I would just work my way up in this organization and magically one day I would become enough. And I think... (laughs) It happens so much and I don't know why we think that that's how it's going to happen, but it doesn't. And I discovered a couple of years into, no, not a couple of years, a year or so into my role that I was pregnant and I was so happy. But the next day, my boss said to me that they had chosen me for a talent development program. So they'd identified me as a leader of the future and they wanted to invest in me and help me to become this future leader. So I was conflicted because on one hand, you know, I was going to become a mom and that's completely different to anything corporate. And then on the other hand, I really wanted this opportunity and I didn't know what this break in my career was going to do. So it really got me quite stressed. Luckily, I had very supportive bosses and they were great because I said to them, look, I want to be promoted while I'm on maternity leave so I can go off and I can have this baby and then I can come back and then I can start this new senior role and everything will be fine. And luckily my big boss said, well, you know, we can do that, but you know, you're going to become a mother, which is quite a big thing anyway. So do you really want that added pressure? So we decided I wasn't going to do that. And off I went and I had my baby and it really was life-changing. I know people say that, but when it happens, it's really quite something. And I remember hearing this belief that it's a Native American tribe and they believe that when a woman gives birth, she dies and becomes a new person and she's reborn. And that really resonated with me because that's what happened to me. I just changed. Obviously, I'm still the same army, but it changed. And I had this baby And I thought, this is fine because I can just bring my arsenal of corporate skills that I've learned in business and I can apply it to bringing up this child and everything will be fine. And it wasn't because no matter how much research I did, no matter how much I analyzed the situation, logic, all those things that I'd relied on were not working. And it plunged me into postnatal depression because I didn't know what to do. For the first time in my life, everything that had got me to where I was, wasn't serving me. And that is when I discovered Colleen. (laughs) Into Colleen, the universe. So I was lying in bed one day and it was all grisly and wintry outside. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I came across a blog of one of your friends, I think. Yes. Who just wrote the most beautiful story about this Reiki healing that she had experienced with Colleen and how it had transformed her as a mother. 
So I found her contact details and I messaged Colleen and I said, hello there, hi, I've read this blog and I think you can do for me what you did for this lady. So let's do this. What are your bank details? So she said, yes, cool. Let's go ahead. Here's my bank details. So I paid the money and I lay there and thought, what am I doing? (laughs) Which is, I think, a common thing when you're doing distance healing. (laughs) Exactly, Shay. How is this woman going to be sitting in South Africa and all she has is a photograph of me and my name and my money and now she's going to do this deep healing work. But she did. And she was the one who taught me that I needed to step into my femininity. And that was the only way that I was going to make peace with the anxiety that I'd carried for so many years and the inability to feel like a good parent and to be in flow with my new role as a mother. So that's what we did. I did a lot of healing because when she told me that I needed to rely on my femininity, I freaked out. I was like, I can't rely on that. Mm. How bad is that? Mm. I like, no, no, that's a bit flaky. It's a bit weak. What? No. But then I did. And that just changed everything. So just focusing more on joy and flow and flexibility and intuition and emotion and that, the strength that comes from that. And obviously after now a year of this journey, I couldn't go back to my job as it was because I looked at it in a different way. Mm. Everything that had excited and inspired me about it before wasn't the same anymore. So I decided I would start my own business. And I was worried about money and, you know, this whole new world. And I did quite a lot of work with abundance and affirmations. And I just affirmed that I would have money. And it happened. I got all these payments from my (laughs) last job. I got a bonus while I was on maternity leave. I hadn't been through that. And they gave me a bonus. And I really respect them for that. And I got all sorts of sums that came in because of tax issues and all sorts of little loopholes. So that was was really a big lesson in affirmations and that side of manifesting into our lives. So what then would you say if you want to explain to somebody what is an affirmation? Like in its simplest basic form, what practically is an affirmation? So an affirmation, to affirm something is to state it as true. So we are creating a statement based on something that we really want to see in our lives. And we are affirming that statement so that we can bring it into our lives and make it reality. Okay. So give us a few examples. Okay. So what am I working with at the moment? I am looking at abundance at the moment again in a different way and around abundance of time. So one of the affirmations that I use is, I have all the time that I need to do everything that I need to do. So I'm affirming that right now, all my time needs are met. Mm. And something that's always come up for me when I teach affirmations and along this line is that affirmations are always in present perfect tense. So it's, you know, it's not like I will have enough time. I am going to have enough time, but it's, you are stating it in the present. 
I have enough time right here, right now, which is something that happens in the brain that starts to create opportunity for you to see that. Because as you said earlier, like the language that we use is so powerful in how we condition the brain to see the world around us. You're absolutely right. And the brain and the universe don't deal with the future and becoming and this will happen. It's very, they're both very black and white and they deal with the present. So if we are focusing our affirmations in the present, then our subconscious and the universe can work with us. And do you have any like more understanding of how they actually do work? I'm reading a book at the moment called The Source. It's by a psychiatrist. I think her name is Dr. Tara. I'll link in the show notes. Tara Swart or something. I'll put it in the show notes. But she cites this book called The Source. And many people in the spiritual world clarify or classify the source as the universe, which is something that this power that is greater than us and higher than us and it's calling those things towards us. And she actually classifies the source as your brain. And she's like, you are manifesting these things from the source, which is actually your brain and how you are perceiving the world around you through the languaging that you use to construct these, the software in your brain. And I love that idea because it's very practical. And also I'm a little bit resistant to it because I also like to believe in the magic of affirmations as well. You know, there's that part of me that's like, oh, but they just like this magical thing that can happen. And so I don't know if you want to share a little bit on how they work for you in sort of more practical ways. It's so interesting that you touch on this because that is the magic. And so often spirituality and psychology meet and there are so many ways that they resonate with one another and affirmations is one of those ways. So you probably, you know, know a lot about this from your reading, but from a mindset perspective, we use affirmations to reprogram the negative thoughts that we have. So our brains are designed in such a way that they will seek, I think you touched on this earlier, they will seek evidence of any beliefs that we hold. So for example, if you believe that you have a negative relationship with your sister, your brain will highlight all the negative things that she does so that it maintains homeostasis. And you're like, oh, that's fine because I believe that. And I'm seeing all of this evidence that I believe it. That's great. I can be okay. There's no dissonance here. And it's called confirmation bias. But if we decide to change our beliefs and choose a new belief, yes, it does take some time, but we can actually rewire the way our brain works and we can literally change our reality. Because if we believe I've got a really good relationship with my sister, then our brain can start presenting us with all the wonderful things that my sister is doing for me that I wouldn't have seen before because of that rigid belief that I held. Mm. that's very much how the brain works and that's scientific but then like you I know there's another level it's not just our brain that's what I believe and that's the universe works in a similar way in that if we hold a certain vibration if we're miserable and we're judgmental and we're critical the universe will match that vibration and will give us more opportunities for that negativity because that's what it does. It just matches our vibrations. And if we feel that we are clear and happy and optimistic, the universe can then match that and give us more of the positive. So they're both self-fulfilling prophecies. And 
very powerful. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore Nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore Color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget. And then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. You know, what's interesting is that when you're talking about the brain kind of, I think you use that phrase of evidence, like the brain is providing evidence or your environment is getting evidence. It's that feeling of creating coherence with what you believe. Something that I teach on my creativity and yoga workshops is this idea of latent inhibition. So what that means is that in a day you are presented with thousands and thousands of external stimuli in the world around you and your brain is filtering out or filtering in information depending on what you are searching for. And there's a beautiful YouTube video clip. You can go and search for basketball counting. I'll also put a link in the show notes for this, but basically there is a video of people playing in a circle and there are people in white t-shirts, people in black t-shirts, and they are bouncing a basketball in between each other. And the question at the top of this says, can you count how many passes of basketballs between the people. And so you're busy so focused on these basketballs being bounced between people that you look, 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 and you do the whole thing and they the video is two minutes and it asks you how many bounces. And you're like, oh, well, it was 15 bounces or whatever. And they say, okay, right, go again. Now count how many black people or black people in black shirts are passing the balls between each other. And so now you're trying to hold this information in your head and you're trying to watch the black people bouncing the ball and count the number of bounces. And it's very, your brain is very focused on that particular piece of information. And the question reveals itself. And they say, at the end, did you notice anything else in this video? And 
I'm not going to reveal the answer because I think it's useful if you go and search this video clip on YouTube and watch it. But there's stuff that happens in that video clip that is mind blowing that you do not notice because your brain is so fixated on this one piece of information that you have been seeking the answer to. And that is exactly how affirmations work and belief systems work because we have this latent inhibition, which means we are filtering out information that does not in coherence, that is not important to us. So wherever we put that lens, wherever we are looking at something, that's the information that's going to be filtering into our brain, filtering into our experience, filtering then and reaffirming that belief that we hold within ourselves. So I'm going to put the link in and you'll go and look at it and see if you can count the basketballs. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And when you are focused on that one thing and that one way of being in the one reality, your brain literally shuts off all those opportunities all those potential delicious things that can come in, you know, and make you happy because you are focused on the basketballs and that is all that matters. So then what are some practical ways that you like to put affirmations into your day? Is it a specific time of the day? Is it a specific time in the morning? How do you actually insert them into your day? Is it something practical tools like taking your phone out or sitting in meditation or what does it look like for you in your day? You know, it depends on the season that I am in. So sometimes they say that one of the best times to do it is first thing in the morning because our brains are still soft and supple and haven't been corrupted by the thoughts of the day. (laughs) So first thing in the morning or after meditation because they can really take root. So sometimes I'll do that. I meditate on my journal and see what comes up and I can usually get a clear idea of where I want to focus Or I have an incident pop up, something that freaks me out, that I think, okay, gosh, I really want to get this sorted. Or what am I going to do if it doesn't? And then I think, okay, I need to trust. I need to have faith that it's going to be okay. And I will create an affirmation to work with that. So yours is based on moment to moment, whatever comes up in your day that triggers you into, okay, I need to find like this affirmation within myself, maybe come back to your breath, slowing things down. Exactly. So at the moment, it has been more of that. It's been more based on reacting to things that are going on. And that's probably just because I've been doing a lot of other things that have taken up the time that I may have been sitting and doing my affirmations. But I know that that will peter out and I'll go back to doing it in the morning or the evening. The evening is a really good time. That's actually my favorite because if you do your affirmations before you go to bed, then your subconscious can marinate in them all night. And I find I wake up and I remember my affirmations and I feel more grounded and I feel like I'm waking up with a bit more intention. So that's my favorite. Yeah. And also this is the same thing as before going to sleep. And as you're waking up, your brainwave state is in that theta brainwave state, which is the subconscious mind. So it's embedding down directly into that subconscious right before you fall asleep, which is your delta brainwave state. And then from waking up out of delta through theta up into your more high frequency, busy brain, as you get into the, you know, as you said, you're overwhelmed by the busy stuff of the day and all the thoughts of your day have been corrupting your mind. (laughs) (laughs) That's a much more scientific way of saying it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So what are ways that we can supercharge or really like amp up the vibe of our affirmations? Are there other practices that you think complement it? What gets you into that state where you're really feeling like, okay, I'm now actually in sync with this? Yes, I love it. Good question. So we've spoken about affirmations, what they are, that it's important for them to be rooted in the present. And we've also spoken about not using abstract words because the subconscious in the universe doesn't work with those. So anything like will be or becoming or better. So for example, if we were to create an affirmation that says, I have got a better job. I don't know about you, but I'm not really feeling that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the universe can help us out because what does better mean? So if you were to change that to something more simple and straightforward, like I have a fantastic job as a creative director and I love it. Mm. energy Mm. I feel more inspired by that which also will help with my attracting that into my life both from a brain perspective and from a universal perspective the other important thing is to avoid negatives so saying something like I don't have negative people in my life that's not going to have the effect that we want because our brain doesn't hear what you don't want all it hears is the negative people. So that's Mm. the focal point. Your focal point is negative people. So maybe I'll ask you what you would do with that to turn it around from. I would probably say something like I'm surrounded by positive, uplifting, inspiring people. Yes. Yeah. The energy of that is so different as well, because it's so important that we feel inspired Mm. by the affirmations that we create. Mm. Because then we feel really part of it all. And one of the big game changers for me was to focus on the feeling that I wanted to experience. That has really changed the way that affirmations have worked. And I remember an example. I was flying to Chicago a couple of months ago. And I was going to be gone for two weeks. And the day before I left, my phone just went crazy. I don't know what was wrong with it. And I thought, I need my phone. I've got to work. I've got things to do. We need, you know, I need my phone. What am I going to do? So this is one of those times where I thought, okay, it's affirmation time. So I created an affirmation and I said, my phone works perfectly and I feel awesome. And it did make me feel awesome. (laughs) You know, if I just said my phone works perfectly, that's fine. But adding how I wanted to feel really shifted it. And I booked an appointment at the eye store and I took my phone in and this lovely lady looked at my phone into the diagnostic and she said, okay, let's develop default. I'm going to give you a new phone and you're still two weeks within warranty, so it's for free. Here's your new phone. Thank you very much. Have a nice day. Goodbye. And I Amazing. said, yes, it works. <laughs> Brilliant. And I felt exactly how I wanted to feel. So moral of the story is when you're crafting an affirmation, think about what you want to feel and include it and say it. Mm. That's a big one. Mm. Mm. And I love that. And I think the more that you can embody it in the now, the more like heightened that affirmation becomes. And for example, like 
I do a lot of affirmation work and it's so good for your nervous system. It's so good for your body. It's so good for your mind, your brain, all this stuff. And one of Joe Dispenza's things is the two components is clear intention and elevated emotion. And that what you've spoken to now is this feeling element of like, how am I feeling in this place? When I won a trip to the Northern Lights and for weeks, I promise you, I sat down in the lounge where we're still living in Wimbledon and I would sit down in meditation and I would really think and feel as if they were phoning me to give me this call to tell me that I'd won this trip. And I was so excited. I would sit down in meditation, just be so excited and be so excited to tell Warren. I'd rehearse how I was going to explain and tell Warren that I had won this trip. It was going to be the best thing. And I had this such an elevated feeling just from doing the meditation that whether or not I won the trip or not, it wouldn't matter because I was in that state of feeling anyway. And when eventually they emailed me to say that I had won this competition, I was not even surprised. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. Like it was, I was just on the same level of elevation in terms of emotional state as I would have been without the trip because I had lifted myself up to that. And what you spoke about earlier is like that vibrational match that you receive when you are in that higher vibrational state, which comes through the beliefs that you hold, which comes through letting go of judgments, guilt, shame, all of that, which comes through positively reaffirming yourself with that elevated emotion, then matches start to come into your universe that are coherent with that. Yeah, so I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> yeah, so honey, tell us about your experience with Reiki. So does Reiki, do you think that that energy component, as we've spoken about, you know, this frequency and getting into that higher vibrational state is so good and powerful for our emotional state when we come into our affirmations. Do you think that Reiki has had an impact on your ability to find that energetic heightenedness, if that's a word, if that's a phrase? (laughs) I think it's a word, yes. It has. It has. It's absolutely mind-boggling for someone who really needs to understand things and to see how and why things work. It's been amazing that I can take my hands and I can put them on my heart or my head or my throat, whatever the case may be, and I can feel healing taking place in my body. And the impact that that has on my mind and the way that I behave and my thoughts and my feelings. It's amazing and it's just so simple. And the other thing I love about it is giving healing to other people, you heal yourself as well. And that is very beautiful because I think often we're taught that you're giving of yourself, you're giving your energy. We have to give of ourselves to other people and we need to sacrifice ourselves for other people. And this goes against all of that, that the universal energy by giving it, we are healing, we're getting more of it. Mm. Does that make sense? It resonates with me. Like I think probably maybe even six months ago, I would have been like, oh, this conversation has lost me. But I understand it from a way that when you are opening up to that channel of universal love of whatever it is, that place is limitless. So when you are opening yourself to transfer that love, that healing, that whatever it is, energy to somebody else, you are just creating a wider current for it to flow through you. So that's why you feel healed. You feel like amped up because it's not your personal body energy that you're giving to somebody else. It's something that is much bigger than you that's flowing through you to somebody else. And that's why I feel like people feel healed and feel like they are in an expanded 
open-hearted place when they do this kind of work. I don't know if that's your experience, but yeah, that's definitely how I understand it and how I experience it. Not that I'm a Reiki healer, but I can see it in yoga practices and, and retreats and things like that. Exactly. From your healing work, I know you mentioned that you experienced that. And it, it would be wonderful if our human mind matched that, because if that's the way universal love and energy works, surely that's how it could work for us as humans connecting and giving to ourselves and to others and to healing and Mm. doesn't have to be different Mm. but that's a whole nother conversation and just this is another little interesting question do you think or how much do you think of it is part of your subconscious mind or your belief system that it's working that is creating the healing for you because like in Joe Dispenza's work he's got a whole book on you are the placebo and it's how powerful the mind is when the belief is strong enough that it will work which is kind of also like along the lines of affirmations because it's about reconstructing the thoughts to change your belief systems to call that thing in or to just for you to see things in a new way and you know, with Reiki and things like that, like, yes, there is maybe a, some kind of physical component that you place in your hands on or near somebody, but how much do you think of it is actually the mind that is allowing that healing to take place because of the belief that you hold in that type of practice? Were you a believer in Reiki from the outset? Or It's an interesting question. And I think at the beginning, as I mentioned, maybe if I was face-to-face with someone and they had their hands on my body, I might be able to make sense of that in my brain. But the fact that Colleen was in South Africa and she was doing healing, I could not get my head around it. But because I was so desperate and I didn't know what to do, I just you know, decided to give it a go. And it was the experience mm-hmm. that transformed me. And then perhaps my belief then changed and I started believing more and more in it. And the power of the Reiki with my belief Mm. was even greater. Mm. But even then, I resisted because Reiki is not just sitting down and feeling all warm and cozy and floating around. You know, it can be really difficult. You can feel really uncomfortable. I mean, I don't know if you've experienced that. You can get quite ill sometimes because you're shaking energy and you're Mm. moving blockages. So sometimes I'd feel incredible and other times... I would be really, really freaked out. Mm. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. I mean, this whole thing comes down to this idea of almost like playing with energy and playing with vibrational state and playing with all these things, which all feed into one another. You know, Reiki is this form of moving energy. Yoga is a form of moving energy. Breath work, pranayama is a form of moving energy. Meditation, in a sense, calms the mind and like gets us down back to a place where we can observe the energy. Affirmations then can elevate the energy, elevate the mood in the body, elevate our belief system. So it's just like, it's interesting how it all just, feeds together and it's all kind of related to the same kind of thing it does indeed and there's something do you mind I just quickly want to share I know there's something that I wanted to share the thing with affirmations sometimes is I think they've been given a certain reputation that you know we create these affirmations and we're bold and confident and we go and we create our best lives and it's all very high energy and positive and we need to be in this positive mindset and I know people that have been panicked because I'm just not there I'm not there now and am I going to then manifest more negativity because I'm not in this outward confident space And that's where it's important to 
still use affirmations, but use them in a way that's right for you and for your healing and for the situation. Mm. So I've had times where I've been really, really in a bad place and I've used affirmations like I am healing and I know that I'm moving towards a greater way of being Mm. or something Mm. like that. Mm. And I've used affirmations to nurture and support and love myself. So I'm not all out there Mm. and manifesting my best life, but I'm manifesting my healing. Mm. 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 I think that's so true and so powerful because there's a lot about, you know, I was recently interviewed and they talked about this phrase called toxic positivity. And it's such a thing where, you know, we can see everyone like just living these like have our positive lives. And then you feel almost like, oh no, I'm not, as you said, like I'm not there, I'm not doing it. And I think when we're in that place, the first thing is to just acknowledge like, okay, I'm not there and have compassion for yourself because you're human. Like humans have shitty days and that's just part of being human. And something that I teach on retreats and stuff, I've been including more and more is this physical component of helping to shake and shift that energy from the body. And that feeling of feeling a little bit lower, feeling a little bit stuck, a little bit stagnant is those denser, more heavy emotions that are sitting in the body that keep us feeling Oh, that just low place. And we have to have a physical component to shake that off. So literally shaking it off, like Taylor Swift, put that song on, shake it off, move your body, have a practice where you can tune into your body, get a little bit physical. If you can stomp it out, like really let that discharge either through like some breath work or some, you know, stamping or shaking so that you can start to shift that a little bit. You won't go from zero to hero. You're not going to go from feeling so low sitting on the couch to sudden like you know springing off on the rainbows like that's not how it works but to honor where you are I think is so important because we're human that makes a lot of sense because I'm Scorpio so I go to dark places and I like to go and lick my wounds in the corner and it's important to be able to yeah shake it off literally Mm. and do that body-based movement of energy Mm. so Mm. thank you for that I'm doing it today (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. So Holly, anything else that you want to add about how people can take away some practical tools for setting up affirmations, maybe anything that you want to share, anything that you've left off that you want to just let people know? I think the most important thing is to really be inspired or connected Mm. with what you're affirming because if you're saying something like I'm going to be I am wealthy and rich but you don't really connect with that it's not going to work so be inspired or connected or in love with whatever it is that you're affirming and that's it I think everyone's got so much homework with all these things So set some affirmations for yourselves, guys, and shake off any old vibes. So Holly, can you please let us know where people can find you? They want to connect Um, to you, follow you on Instagram or maybe. Yeah, I'm on Instagram, Holly underscore light underscore coaching underscore. And I'm also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. And I'd love to connect with you. So please get in touch. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'm so looking forward to supercharging my affirmations this evening before I go to bed. <laughs> thank you for having me, Shay. It's been my You're welcome. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Color. 
If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body, to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen, steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen, steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community.